0: especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights, including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now here's your host,
1: Jennifer Justice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Taking Care of a Lady Business. I'm Jennifer Justice. Today we have the gorgeous, wonderful April Uchitel. Did I say that right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> she's probably like not exactly but yeah. <laughs> good enough, <laughs> good enough. Uh, april has had many different pivots and we're going to get into those in her career all very exciting and amazing you know career path that she's had but right now what she's doing is she is the a co-founder of something called the board so we're going to learn all about what that is and how she got there hi april Hi, Jennifer. you Hi, didn't Jennifer. mention that you're also a member of the board. I am. I am a member of the board as well. So that's also very exciting. So let's start by you telling us what it is exactly.
0: Um, for sure. So the board is actually um, it's a collective. We think of ourselves more as a community versus a company Um, very much around, you know, I'll tell you the origin story, but we are a curated platform of C-level executives, um, people kind of top of their game that made real, you know, kind of life choices to to change the way they live and work over the course of the last few years. And and many people moved into freelance capacity or consulting, um, you know, just before and during the pandemic for various reasons. And it just became very clear there was this incredible group of talent um, that was, now, you know, freelancing and and thinking about how they can contribute to more companies than than sit at the top of one um, for years and, and all of the challenges that come from that. But it just became really clear to me that there was not one place to access this level of talent. And having been a CEO, when you start to look for you know outsourced talent, it's really hard to know where to go. And it's not, you know, what you do with LinkedIn. Um, so we kind of joke that we're the black amex of LinkedIn. And the way that we've we've kind of curated the talent, and it's just been incredible to see, you know, the, the level of the caliber of the people. But it's really about an amazing human first. Um, you know, I think we've all worked our careers and had toxic bosses, toxic situations, and have made these conscious decisions. Like I said, to live and work differently, um, which kind of informs you in terms of your own, you know, personal brand, but also the cultures that you seek out and the impact that you want to have. And so for me, and, and every time we talk to someone who wants to participate in what we're doing, it's so critical to know about who they are as a human and how they're looking and living in the world. Um, not only you know from a career perspective but you know how they're participating in you know anything that's that's dear to their heart whether it's charities whether it's any kind of give back any social responsibility how they're living their lives with their families and that to me is is just as important as how good you are at you know marketing or various other skills because it really does connect us you know in a different way
1: so what are these skill sets like what is the is there a common theme other than uh, the cultural and who they are like is there a common theme or is it like all different skill sets you know we've kind of organically fallen
0: a lot into the you know entire marketing um, biz dev, go-to-market strategy, anything from performance to influencer, um, brand strategy, brand narrative work, retail distribution. But we also have former you know, CFOs and CEOs. We have Gen Z experts, racial equality expert, sustainability expert, Amazon expert, cannabis expert, and you know, metaverse NFT experts, where we can kind of pulse in talent. And, and really what we're able to do is work with companies. And create many dream teams and you know that to me is what's really powerful about the model we can definitely do one-on-one connections if you're looking for a specific you know single um, entity or person to help with a specific project but where we see you know the real magic is when we can work with a company and curate across the board um, this level of talent that honestly would never really be in one company together and so you get such an incredible you know brain share from that um, different perspectives so whether we're working with companies on You know, strategy surrounding a new vertical, pivoting in some way, you know, thinking through exit strategies, thinking through um, innovation. You know, there's so much changing by the minute. So, if if someone is looking a specific direction and we can pulse in, you know, the talent that, you know, if it is a Gen Z moment that they're going after, if it is like, how do we, you know, really start to think about the metaverse? um, And we can bring in those experts for these strategy sessions, which I think is is an incredible way um, to expand your view, but then also from those what we call blue sky brainstorms, we can create you know scopes of work you know specific to the skill sets you know the board members and and the way we really work is coming in as um, a partner. So you know we've all had experiences where the you know quote unquote experts come in and it really screws up culture and the adoption is very low as to the direction given because it, it feels like somewhat of an assault and not, you know, a collaboration. And so we get on Slack channels, we work on shared Google Docs. We really do feel like an arm of the company and therefore our level and talent can be peer-to-peer with their level. And there's, you know, there's a real ability to go quickly. You know, there's very little learning curve, you know, when you've been doing something that you're really good at for a while and you can bring that expertise into a company who is is seeking that. But then also, you know, work with them to move it forward, and, and execution is really key to our model. Um, you know, we all have those strategy agencies who come in and deliver a big deck, and you know, ultimately, um, you're left with execution, and someone bins that deck, or it's a doorstop for all those reasons that I I described. And so, we really want to make sure that our you know companies see us as helping move things faster, not providing a resource that then they have to go somehow um, resource internally to execute.
1: Okay. So you're talking like the difference really about what we all know as an agency, Yeah, you know what I mean? It goes and like, okay, here's this thing or a McKinsey or whatever. And it's like, okay, here's the problem. Now you go figure out how to execute right. on it. Right. Yeah. I know what we don't do is
0: go into a dark room by ourselves and come back with a ta-da moment. You know, I think, like I said, adoption on that is very low because if you're inside the company, you're already wearing a lot of hats. You're already moving as fast as you can, um, sometimes you don't have that objectivity, and therefore that outside point of view is so important. But they also need your help doing it, you know, even if it's in the short term to get it up and running. You know, so we have some cases where we've been working with a company for nine months, 10 months, and we're able to pulse in different people for different needs. And so as the scope evolves. We can say, okay, we're great. You know, we've executed on this. Now we want to focus more on content strategy, or we want to focus more on the VIP programs that you're working on. How do we look at subscriptions? And so we bring in different talent who that's what they've done. Um, and so for the for the companies, you know, for that same budget that they might have one person, they can get five people um, all moving through that scope. And for the board members, you know, when you are an independent consultant, which is scary when you first go there and, you know, trying to think about how to promote yourself and market yourself and avoid the pump and dump and, you know, the hustle for the next project, which is the challenge, you know, in the freelance world by having this community and this collective around you who is sharing opportunities, um, bringing you in to those opportunities, but you can also workshop things that you're working on outside of the board. You can use the board as a resource. You know, you're now your network times a hundred networks that are there to support each other. And I feel you know, more than ever, we've all been talking about community for years, but, you know, there's so much community out there. It's really identifying what is your community in terms of what you're willing to also put in. Um, And unlike an agency where it's very top-down and, you know, the lead gen comes from the top and then the work is spread throughout the team and they execute. And and sometimes as a client, you know, you get sold in by the top tier and then your project is actually executed, you know, further down the funnel um, you know, you're really working with whoever signs on to the project. And so if you're getting this, you know, the former CEO of Durham store or CEO of charity water, um, you're really working with them throughout the entire project. And so the value, you know, I think is just exponential. And so we can, you know, just move quicker through some of those, those projects. And at the same time as a board member, you're constantly learning and evolving, you know, when you are off on your own, you've, for, all further and further away from, you know, the water cooler conversations and some of those, you know, exposures to an internal company that you don't get when you take a piece as a consultant. And so that allows us through the board um, network and conversations, and you know, doing more of board chats where people can share their learnings in real time. And that I think is what's really powerful because we now can have 360 view on multiple projects and see what's working, not working, and you know, share those inputs across the other projects that all the members are working on.
1: And so what are the kind of companies that are coming to you? I mean, do you have to be a certain level of a company? Um, no, you know, we, quite frankly, you know,
0: full transparency, we kind of have a minimum just because it's hard to get multiple people on a project for for much less than I would say $10,000 a month to set the framework. But we have lots of people who are willing to take on smaller projects and some people are willing to do pro bono projects. And so for us, it's really we love early stage companies. You know, we love helping founders, you know, move quick. We've all been founders or worked in startups at some point in our lives. And we know it's about budget and bandwidth and, and speed. So, you know, there's opportunities there. But equally, we have, you know, huge global companies, um, big marketplaces. We recently worked with Moda, Operandi, um, strategizing a new vertical for them. You know, we've worked with companies like Reese Witherspoon, um, Hello Sunshine. With my friend Doing for them. And doing their, yeah, we love Zoe, and you know we did a pop-up for them at Westfield. We are you know working with brands like Tamara Mellon and postmates. Um, so it's a variety, but we have a a lot of like new tech platforms that are going to market that really need to talk to brands and get in front of decision makers. and so if we see real value to what they're building and we can make those connections based on who we think are the best, Partners, we can help you know, cut the go-to-market time for them down um, dramatically and also bring real value to, to the companies that we see as you know needing that service. Um, right. Tons of emerging beauty brands. I think this is a space where you're seeing more and more people enter and it's such a crowded space. And so by helping them really think about you know, what they're doing differently and, and incorporating maybe some social responsibility or incorporating sustainability, helping them really think about their narrative um, in a way that's not just how quickly can I get this white label product onto the shelves at Sephora.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And so in doing all this, how many people are on the board now? So we're a little over hundred, which is amazing.
0: We're not quite a year old. We don't remember our official start date. We just started going um, last March and we, you know, we're just beyond thrilled at the outreach and the caliber. And, and, truly the companies that are reaching out to us are really companies in our network, you know, and it's, no. it's so much about trust You know, I trust you, Jen. And if you said, you got to talk to this guy, I'd like, give me that phone number, you know, and it's really the basis of years and years of working through, you know, who's, who's legit and who's not and understanding who can really move things forward from agencies to, to other individuals. And so I think for us, the trust is the foundation of the board. And funny enough, I historically was been in fashion tech and beauty um, and my time in in tech was really about you know where I learned stakeholder mentality and and trying to understand how to like collectively build something and we were a marketplace and it was really about curating that marketplace and then when I went to I was a CEO at by the gray and that model is very much about vetted tested and approved um, beauty products. and so we really did test all the products before we launched them, and that was about trust and the board is kind of a a mashup of those two ethos of this curated, you know, lens, like I said, not only just based on talent skills, but also just how people, what their perspective on the world. I mean, you're such an advocate for, for women. There's such such strength in that passion that can be brought into every product, project that you work on. And that's why it's, it's such a key component to who's on the board as to how they're also thinking and living in the world, because they bring it to the projects that they're working on you can end up really inspiring, you know, companies and, and people based on those passions kind of coming together.
1: So, I mean, let's talk, you, you mentioned a little bit, you know, what your past and how you got here. So give us a little like, you know, timeline of how you kind of got here, because I, what I find so interesting and I know that the audience does and women listening is, is that they feel like they get into an area and then that's all they can do. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, you can use these pivots. You can do, you can do these other things. So give us a little like timeline about like how you got to here and then we'll talk more about why and what you thought was so important about it.
0: So I did 25 years in fashion. Um, my last nine of those were at Diamond von Furstenberg and I left there in 2011 and really just knew that I needed to get into the digital world. Like I just, I always say, and it sounds kind of insulting when I hear it back, but that I didn't want to be a 50-year-old Garmento in the way that, you know, when you are in that business, you kind of saw people just, you know, stay on the treadmill and, that industry was changing, you know, and really kind of imploding. And for me, it was like, okay, this is this other bus is coming. How do I get on that bus? But you know, at my level, I couldn't start at that level. So I definitely had to go down the back of the jungle gym and come back around and climb up the other side. And I um, became a consultant in between. And I, I've been always mentoring the CFDA incubator program and working with emerging brands and got into some digital advisory boards so I could start to learn. And then ultimately was one of my c- clients that I was consulting for was a a tech platform called spring. And I just saw this opportunity to, to really kind of um, reinvent myself, but it was, it meant taking, you know, massive cut and pay, massive steps back having a boss that I was 20 years older than. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all those things that, you know, when I was the EVP of, of Diane and had a big office and a team and global teams and an assistant, you know, to, running around Manhattan, you know, with an app on my phone, you know, racing to each meeting and then downloading it and doing it again the next day. And, um, it was a wild experience, but it taught me so much and, you know, really drank through a fire hose for a year. It was intense. And, you know, but it afforded me, you know, an incredible network. I worked with over 2000 brands and many of those brands are still, you know, strong relationships or people from those brands are now on the board. And it just, it just changed my, my course. And I started working with beauty brands there and realized like, you know, I had kind of grown, grown tired of fashion and all the challenges, you know, that are in that model. And beauty to me was much more exciting um, given the evergreen, you know, the no returns, no, it's like size agnostic, you know, much more affordable, very inspirational in terms of, you know, self-care and all the things that emotionally connect you to, to beauty I moved to Los Angeles and um, kind of accidentally became the CEO of Violet Gray through a series of. Accidentally. (laughs) Yeah. Because
1: that happens to women so much. Why just accidentally
0: became the CEO? It was an opportunity. I I had known Cassandra and the founder, and she was in a time in her life where she was looking to to kind of hand the keys over and focus on the art um, and the, the design of the brand and not run the business. And so. I came on board and I was there almost three years. And, you know, again, it was another drinking through a fire hose. You know, being a CEO is very different than just owning, you know, one component of the p and And so it was another way to, again, kind of reinvent. And, and, you know, I always leverage all the relationships that you've carried along the way. And so it allowed me to work with another 130 brands, you know, at Violet Gray. And so when it was time to go, you know, during the pandemic, Cassandra just really wanted to, to take the keys back. And so we, we parted and I really just did not want to be a CEO anymore. And the idea from the board um, stemmed with my co-founder, Anita Gatto, who I had done an event with at Violet Grace. She had an experiential agency called We Were Self-Employed and did about 150 pop-ups over the course of five years from Kylie to Gucci. And her business obviously shut down during the pandemic. And so we did the thing everyone was doing. It was like the what's next calls and the, you know, frantically texting and, you know, having a glass of wine virtually and talking about, you know, where do we go from here? And at that time, like I said, so many people started to text me and just say like, you know, dude, I'm out. I left LA. I moved upstate. I sold my company. I got laid off and I'm freelancing. And that's really where the the board was born in this desire to support each other in this shift and to share opportunities and learnings. And um, I just was amazed at how quickly people started to reach out as, you know, the minute we started, I changed my LinkedIn. And then people were like, dude, what's the board I want in? I'm like, you don't even know what it is. <laughs> and, you know, the idea of, I think the name is really great. And that was something that for me, I felt like every company needs a board, but the way you actually use your board sometimes is not how you actually need to use your board. And so, you know, having had a board at By the Gray and realizing you have to manage investors a certain way um, and you have to actually manage team a certain way, there's an in-between of like, ah, help, you know, that starts to happen at co-founder and CEO levels that, you know, you kind of, Create your other groups. You got a exec coach. She's talked to all your president friends, and you know those types of, of areas where you can actually workshop problems that you can't share up or down. Um, talk about things you're you know terrified of, or all the opportunities that you're not quite sure how to navigate, or you know what's working for you, you know, and yeah. having all those those conversations. And so we're able to provide that for founders and consultants now in a very safe space. You know that we come in with true desire to help companies move forward, um, which takes the ego out, you know, which takes the politics out, which just changes the dynamic. And as we've seen companies now go through the great resignation with, you know, in some cases, 30 to 40% attrition of the workforce. And even at the senior level, it's true that, you know, people just want to live and work differently. And so if we can be that bridge between the companies, because again, the trusted relationship that we have with them and the talent that we have, you know, that's the mashup that we're looking to do. And there are lots of collectives out there, you know, there's all degrees of ways to access talent that's fractional or freelance. And so, you know, we just, we really focused on that curation and that connection.
1: Right. So let's go back to something else that you said, because this is all great and how you led up to all this and it totally makes sense that this would be your next incarnation, right? You know, it's like, it's not linear, but um at the same time it does make sense in having a common thread. But you were saying, you know, you just you didn't want to be a CEO anymore. And a lot of people think that's the holy grail, right? And then also commenting how you know you would like how the what's oh my god, what's her name who started it? Can I can I'm Oh, by the way, Cassandra. Oh, Cassandra, Cassandra sorry. Gray. Yeah, I yeah. her name for a second. <laughs> anyway, so you know, Cassandra wanted not to be the CEO, right? Because it can be a lot, right? So sometimes we all something. Oh, let's do this. Let's do this. It's like, the be you know, what you wish for, like the yeah, exact. Be careful what, what yeah. you wish for, and it's only at the top. And you know, it's it's not all that is cracked up to be that, you know um, all the time. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about that experience and like why you came to that conclusion?
0: Yeah, you know, I think for me, again, there's you know, it whatever your skill sets are, like there's different types of CEOs, you know, there's very operational CEOs, there's very visionary CEOs, there's very strategic CEOs. And in our situation, you know, Cassandra was the visionary and and really the strategic. And so she would lead direction and I would kind of take execution, but then she, you know, we would, she would change the direction. I'm like, okay. So, and that happens a lot with founders and a lot, you know, as we all know. And for me, I guess I got to the point where I was like, I'm, I've been helping so many people build their companies and sometimes you're aligned on the directions sometimes you're not. And so, you know, there's conflicts around there, but it also kind of becomes an HR job, you know, yeah, especially, yeah. you know, during black lives matter and the pandemic and, you know, trying to take care of all these people in a way you're also trying to run a company um, and you're and trying to take care take of yourself. yourself. Yeah. It's, it's really intense and, yeah. Um, and it's no joke, you know, and there's legal ramifications to decisions you make and, you know, it's, it's, the pressure is, is high and, um, you have, you know, livelihoods depending on you. And ultimately there's also emotions and, you know, and you're working remote and, you know, not knowing how people are doing and all those things just make a hard job harder. So, you know, for the board, you know, we kind of have no employees, (laughs) we have no office. Um, so the overhead is low, you know, everyone's remote, everyone's kind of across the country. Um, we do you know have certain resources that we're we 're building in um, to help us manage and navigate the day to day, but ultimately we 're really leaning into supporting people at a certain level in their career that are all autonomous, mm-hmm. um, which for me is is liberating from you know one side of it, but then also you know if you 're not actually getting a steady paycheck, you know the accountability is different, so you know navigating yeah. that too and and that 's why again leaning into you know. Um, seasoned adults who operate like they ran companies and how they they've been through that. So there's a lot of understanding of, you know, how you have to keep up your,
1: your end um, without micromanaging, you know, people. And you know, so and have, being able to trust them. I mean, that's what we talk a lot about on here is that, you know, when you're becoming a CEO in particular, as a woman, And if you've come from the creative side of the business, even like the marketing or PR, something like that, that put you on there, like there could be things that you just never were exposed to once you get to the C suite, regardless of whatever, such as PLs or, you know, like just all of the different like terminology in there from CAP and EBITDA to like, you know, basic ones. They'd like all of it, ROI, all of that kind of like those things that are, are just not things that you are taught necessarily a, from the very beginning of your career or men like do a lot of the business side of things. And so when you're, when you then are put into the business side of the business, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's a lot that you need to learn in a very short period of time and it's super overwhelming, you know? Yeah.
0: And if you, you know, and you, you know what you don't know. And I think for me, it was very, I was very transparent about that because I do think there's a lot of people that, you know, take the fake it till you make it bullshit, nod, smile, you know, and we have no clue what someone's talking about. And and I really took it to be like, can you break this down for me? You know, can you help me understand this? And and I think it's the only way to really learn. Otherwise that, that whole, apost- you know, imposter syndrome that we all carry through just gets exacerbated in those moments of like, I'm supposed to know everything. And I only know like half of the stuff. Right. Yeah. And if you're, if you can't, it's hard to lead your team pretending You know, you have to be able to say like, Hey guys, this is the first time I'm touching this, you know, I'm going to figure this out and this is what I think. But, you know, and that to me from a leadership style and it works for some people, some people just don't want to know anything. They just want to know that you got it. And other people are just like, yeah, okay, great. I, I can jump in and help you with this because yeah. we're on the team. And I just, think there's, there's, a there's a lot of self-awareness that in that,
1: right? It's a yeah. lot of self-awareness and like what you want to do. Like, and back to your point about the founder, like the founders, you know, they're the visionaries. And uh, if you are a CEO of a founder company and you're not the founder, like you have to take direction for that. And I remember when I was at um, Superfly, it was four male founders and I remember they would like go, okay, which we do. And I would like, okay, so obvious to me and like certain things. I'm like, yeah, but we're right. not going to do that. Yeah. And it's just because yeah. they didn't have oh, yeah. to. And I would get so frustrated. And ultimately I was like, it's on me. It's on my company. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. And like, I'm still good friends with most of them. And like, I taught, you know, I'd still talk to a lot of them. And and like one of them, we met right before the pandemic. And I actually just talked to him last week. And it was the funniest thing. He was like, look, until we raise money, like we could look at you and we can be like, okay, that's great advice, JJ, but we're not going to take it and then once the investors came on they said the same thing we're like we can't tell them to fuck off like we can tell you like you know (laughs) oh now i'm gonna do it i was like i told you to do that like yeah Yeah, i know i know know. Um, and that's like a different thing right it's like dealing with investors versus dealing with your you know quote-unquote employees who are you're meant to be a title of yours it's like the dynamics are all you know something that you don't really i don't think you consider until you get there
0: no, and it's also it's like the you know they always say like what's your why right and so sometimes you know I was the, on the founding team of Spring and I had a clear like I know that there's a huge opportunity in what we're building and I wanted to do it with like real integrity real like we're gonna be the phoenix rising from the ashes of the department store debacle and I'm gonna go get all the direct to consumer brands from Warby to Harry's to casper to at the time reformation um all the way to gucci and we're going to create this world that the department stores could never create and that's going to help all the direct consumer it's going to bring cool factor for the guys that have been around for you know i knew i saw it so clearly but the minute you start to raise money and the minute you have to start to show revenue i saw you know see the founders of the company really start to make some really dodgy decisions and yet i you know built this company off of my personal relationships so i remember one day i got an email from theory and they said dude like it says my stuff is on eBay powered by spring. And I was like, well, you know, it was awful. And they just had to start to, you know, show revenue to the investors. And they literally said like, you know, fuck the fucking brands. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm out, you know, because that's not what I, I set up to build. And so at a certain point, you know, if your, your why doesn't fit anymore, you know, and you're, you're not doing something that you're passionate about and the founders take it a different direction or life, you know, they're in survival mode and they're just throwing to see what sticks. It gets really hard. And so, you know, what we're really trying to be mindful about at the board is like how fast we grow. And that's the hard part in a startup. You want to do it well, not just get it done. And, you know, so you have to have the time that it takes to really build that foundation. And some people kind of want to blow through that phase. And I get it because, you know, The clock ticks, (laughs) but at the same time, like I've always, you know, thought about the long game, especially in my career of like, you know, what's the impact that I want to have? What's the legacy? You know, I've worked so hard on so many relationships that they're so important to me to maintain and to do the right side, you know, be on the right side of history all the time and not take the shortcuts and not do the quick things. And, you know, and it's, but it's, it's, you have to really commit to that. And yeah, it's not the most lucrative Exactly. That's the other part. You know, it's like you can be moving things quicker and, you know, throw a massive membership and get 500 people here and, you know, start to like just kind of monetize in a different way. But it's not the, I don't see the value of when I actually work with a, a board member or a client and I see the impact we're having on their business. It's so powerful, you know, to really make an impact. And so, you know, I'm equally on the founding team of I'm a Voter. And we've been working for, you know, now over five years, you know, with the idea of just if we make voting cool, people will do it, you know, and it was our, that was our premise. And it was, you know, same thing of leveraging all of our relationships to go and build something that would, you know, just get people to the polls. And so we figured if we can sell lipstick, we can sell voting, you know, and there are about 28 of us initially that kind of founded that organization. and, And it just moved into an incredible space with, you know, partnerships and, you know, working with every NBA to CAA to Disney. And it was, again, it's based on a lot of our relationships. And so another, you know, thing that's kind of fed into the model of the board is like, I've seen these areas work when people just like jump in and contribute, you know, and move things forward um, firsthand. And so, and there's a, um, you know, there's a real pride attached to that too, which I think is something that is equally motivating along with, you know, a paycheck. It's just that sense of accomplishment and, and actually, again, making a difference, whether it's getting, you know, a new company out there that you really believe has, has a right to be there, you know, or helping a big company, you know, think about, you know, new ways to engage and, you know, do things in innovative way with substance and integrity. And, you know, those things are, are really
1: powerful. Yeah. So we're on, we're just starting. Just starting <laughs> one year in, I love it. One year. Well, It's our three-year anniversary of the Justice Department today, actually. That's amazing. Congratulations. No, I feel like the COVID like year was like, didn't really <laughs> exist. it was kind of everything was in the ether, but yeah.
0: Well, well and I'm so no, psyched that you're participating in the
1: board as well. You know, yes. As a, a I mean, as the, much, you know, look, I, I think what you're growing is amazing. And it gives us a place for people to go where they don't, you know, where again, it's like, you know, have these great ideas, but then, you know, nothing ever happens to them. And it's like, allows them to dip in and out and not have like an emotional stake in the outcome of it really, you know? Right. Yeah. but no, For sure. And I think that's key. Like,
0: I think we're at the point where like, you know, we don't want to maintain those roles for five years anymore. You know, like you can go in and really build and have an impact and then go to that somewhere else. And still control Um, your destiny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. And Uh, your work time and your work life and all of that. Right. killing us all, regardless if you say it or not, it it was. Um, No, this is so awesome. So I always ask one last question of everybody. um, And that is, what is the worst advice that you've ever received? Um, You know, it's worst
0: advice came from a friend of my husband's who was not meaning to send me on a different path. But I remember talking about when I was a diamond first, we were talking about an idea I had and, you know, he literally said to me, he's like, you know, there's some people that are just meant to be seconds, like not meant to be the first, they're meant to be seconds of like, it was literally telling me like, you're more of like a support player than like a lead player. And I was just like, what? you know, and it really, honestly, it held me back for a while. I was like, well, shit, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm here to just like help other people get their businesses, you know, off the ground and going and sit back and hear their vision and then go help them figure it out. And it, to me, you know, and I actually called, I called him on it not too long ago. He has, of course, no recollection of saying that he's like, I said that. And I was like, yeah, you know, and it really did, you know, give me pause. And, you know, funny enough, when you think about like, what are some of the deterrents, for your path. To, I think I was my own deterrent early on. Like I, I tended to stay places where it was comfortable nine years at DVF, you know, before that wow. five years before that. And it's just like the devil I knew. And I kind of knew how to navigate the politics of that company. And I kind of felt like, okay, well, maybe I'm just, this is the place I'm supposed to be. And it took me a while, you know, and breaking through, you know, through spring. And then obviously having that, that CEO experience where I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Like I'm totally capable, you know, of leading and so I would say, had I not had that, you know, if that not been said to me, maybe I would have started earlier. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: No, um, I think that's a thing. That's a trait inside of women too. To always think that that's what we're supposed to be. I mean, that's how we're treated versus men. You know what yeah. I mean? You, you support us in all of our endeavors. Basically, it's, it's how it works. Yep. And, yep. you know, in personal relationships as well as professional relationships, you know, that's how we've always been treated. So then to yep. somebody to say it, it just was like, putting that limiting belief inside of you all, you know, that you probably kind of had and we're trying totally. to like fight out of, you know? And nice. So yeah, that's uh, ridiculous. And thank yeah. you for sharing. <laughs> I'm glad that you got out of it. It took me uh, a couple of years, but I figured it out. Okay. So back to the board, like how does, um, how do people find you if they want to hire you, they want to become a member. How do they find? Yep. So you can go um, we are the board.com and there's an inquiry, you know, button
0: there. And that just will shoot us an email. And then we are, we're, we're kind of holding on new members just now while we kind of spilled out some more of our back end, you know, to be honest, cause we want to be able to bring the, you know, the best value to the people that are here and working on, you know, some internal communication and stuff. And so, you know, but love to, to see who's out there and interested. And we're also seeing kind of where we have holes in our roster in terms of like new opportunities. And, and, you know, we definitely want optionality, but we want to also be balanced you know, around skill sets, you know, and areas of expertise. And so that's definitely a factor. And, and like I said, we want to stay, you know, curated and for companies, you know, same thing, just go to the website. We don't publish the roster just so that we can kind of really get hands on um, with, you know, depending what the project is they're looking for. And so, you know, find us through the website or just April at we are the board dot community is also my email. So you can also email me directly.
1: Great. Thank you so much oh, my for coming pleasure. on here and sharing all your wisdom and insight and experience. Thank you for inviting me. Um, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Justice.